Hey, Thomas, uh, thank you for coming in today. You know, you're the Deputy Secretary General-elect of the International Telecommunications Union, an amazing organization that's been around for close to 160 years. And you have this tremendous background of leadership and advisory and communication technologies and policy and so on. So really appreciate you coming in to uh, chat with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for this opportunity to chat. Uh, so, Thomas, you know, my, my audience consists of CEOs and investors plus scientists and so on. So pr pretty broad. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're always curious of, you know, you've got this great background. Are, are there maybe two or three inflection points that created this wonderful career you have and all of this impact that you're dedicated towards? And it could be when you were really young or maybe when you're in college or maybe afterwards. Yeah, so first of all, I think having being born and kind of grown up and formed in the country that kind of went through the big transition is probably helpful. You know? So because I think in, in the, my lifetime, I saw Lithuania from exiting the Soviet Union into into kind of transforming into I, I would think these days we can call ourselves developed country, at least we're members of OECD. You know? So and I think that also meant that, that transformational process and my kind of formation process, there was a lot of opportunities to contribute and other opportunities to contribute fast. So you know, still in my university, in the law school, I already was able to work as a lawyer. I was able to be become a head of legal of Lithuanian regulators at 20, you know, age of 21. And that was, like, you know, actually was a time when that was all shaped. You know, the telecom networks, you know, markets were liberalized. You know, regulator was being created. Lithuania was joining European Union. So it's like a lot of transformational process that you kind of then are able to contribute. And this is not that much, you know, the the, the broad expertise is, 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 you know, it's not always there. So, you know, if you're just enthusiastic and, and want to contribute, you are you are welcome to do that. So I think that was a really, you know, the good start for the whole journey, you know, because that meant that it, it gives this boost, you know. So, you know, then recognition of my contributions in the beginning and at the age of 24 I was be uh, became a deputy director general of Lithuania regulator you know so it's like a really kind of quick boost that then you know you kind of build expectation so that's kind of the first element and then of course the second element which I call like a more like a my acceleration phase so then realizing that once you have that boost you kind of need more to do more you know because like what you do like a great you know good career very fast and then you do you stop you know because then it becomes more more difficult so so i really started exploring things and exploring but just kind of you know looking around applying to, you know someone recommended me to apply to the ads in the economist and kind of looking around so i did that so that's how i went to bahrain from lithuania actually i i spent i think around eight hours in bahrain through which i was interviewed and kind of offered the job and then nearly made basically made the decision to move there you know and it's kind of and then you kind of get that bug of exploration, you know, like Bahrain, British Virgin Islands, later Vanuatu, you know, where you start building these different experiences as expertise as well. But you don't do that. You know, some people kind of say, you know, some people want this linear career where you kind of, you know, go and, and, and achieve things. But for me, these kind of, you know, this was collecting of this experience that actually I think made me the way I am. And uh and kind of, you know, kind of giving this insights from different parts of the world, different people, kind of mixing with different cultures, really kind of shapes you. And maybe then the third as as aspect which you really appreciate in my life is what they call pit stops. 
you know, so after my initial degree, I had a couple, you know, a few of them, you know, so one was in Harvard Kennedy School for a year for like a mid, you know, mid-career degree, then later on, just a few years ago in Sloan Fellows Program in London Business School, you know, just this time to kind of step back and reflect and think, okay, what I'm doing, what I want really to do, you know, you know, absorb more information than, you know, because that sometimes you, you are in a job, you kind of focus on specific things, but sometimes it's good. And for me, this, my pit stops gave me opportunity to step back and think, what is the bigger world? What is the bigger picture? What do I want? What the world is kind of, where the world is going. And then you renewed with your renewed energy, you go back. So I think maybe these three elements kind of really, I guess, shaped me, you know, so that kind of the initial start in a very transformative environment, then this exploration and, and mingling and mixing with different cultures and experiences. And then thirdly, taking pit stops from time to time. I can definitely see Thomas then sort of the integration of all the pa- uh, pieces of your life, you know, you, from an educational standpoint, your master's degree in public administration from Harvard, and you've done work at the London Business School, and then on the telecommunication regulation policy from an education point of view in your law degree that you mentioned. Yeah. And then you get into being, uh, you know, like deputy uh uh, general uh, director of the national communications regulatory authorities in Europe and the Middle East and the Caribbean and yeah. so on, and, and being a government uh, government advisor and head of corporate strategy in different groups as well, and and because you're working across cultures and so on, you're you're seeing all of those aspects and that's informing you. So I can see why the International Telecommunications Union would be such a great fit for this part of your career. Can you can you give us a little bit of history of, of how you um, you know really embrace the ITU or International Telecommunications Union? And some of the audience may not be familiar with the ITU, even though yeah. they're 100, about 160 years old. But you know, so can you give some of that background and then how you got involved with them? And then well, I'll follow that up with what you plan to do in your in your current position that you're going to take uh, or come into being in January of next year. Right. Oh, thank you a lot. So I think the first of all, so, you know, ITU is like, uh, if you are in the telecoms field, you know, like, in, and I was when I started, this is your kind of focal point in the global environment, as, you know, for someone in health as well, health organization, you know, for someone in, you know, social issues, uh, international labor organization, maybe some sort of cultural issues, UNESCO and so on. And also, you know, it's, it's this rather small organization and, the, and some people call it, and I think this is still the phrase, the most important organization that no one has heard of you know and i think now more people are starting to hear about it especially because of the digital becoming so important uh, but this is an organization that actually if you are in the telecoms field digital infrastructure field you start to get engaged you know especially because a lot of things that that atu does you know it's actually pretty you know impactful and consequential for like satellite coordination you know in terms of communication satellite communications and basically if you want to launch a satellite or gestation or orbit you need to get a kind of registration there to broad kind of spectrum coordination so if you if we talk about 5g 6g so none of these technologies can happen without it you kind of agreeing on the frequencies to be assigned to that uh, to, um, uh, you know, regular statistics, I see statistics of how many mobile phones, internet users and all that we have in the world um, to broad standards. And some people may, may may be interested in knowing that they do has two Emmy Awards, actually, for the standards and broadcasting and uh, quality and uh, and compression, including the famous MPEG-4 format. So, 
And then, of course, the development work, you know, like trying to, you know, trying to ensure that everyone has access to the digital world. So, you know, it's a pretty broad portfolio for a small organization. But I think that's why we'll talk about, you know, the, the priorities. That's why you, you kind of, you know, have to find a way to, make, to achieve those priorities in an impactful and efficient, uh, efficient way. So for me, you know, that meant that throughout my career, that you was kind of, you know, part part of the career, part of the feature of this. And also in very early career when I participate in ITU events, speak at them, you know, participate in various forums, like we have Global Symposium for Regulators, which is a specific forum for regulators, especially heads of regulators, to different other formats, to then later on in my career becoming head of corporate strategy. So basically, you know, joining ITU to to do two things. One is really to kind of help organization to be much more efficient and effective, implementing what we call results-based management. So objectives driven and impact driven uh, management and then second actually to making sure that it you builds consensus around like uh, some of the core topics of its or that time uh, of its mandate including like you know clarifies its role in cybersecurity, clarifies its role in internet related public policy issues so really kind of looking in those strategic policy issues and ensuring that Right, to you find this place there by the time 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 not being the only organization there but but contributing to the ecosystem well so and then it you became this place where i would kind of sometimes joke as a yo-yo ball would bounce back you know so after head of corporate strategy in ITU, i moved to the private sector because i felt i wanted a bit more private sector experience see the things from, from the other side and then came back to ITU when the COVID 19 hit to kind of lead the COVID 19 program so as a special advisor on crisis uh, strategy and especially on COVID-19 program and how ITU kind of both responds and helps industry in that. And out of that came the idea for me to run for Deputy Secretary General of ITU and actually contribute to the ITU broader agenda. So I think, and, and that's what I kind of thought that I kind of could bring to ITU both experience from the ground, from different organizations, uh, from different... Uh, national administrations from different authorities and different needs experience of the ATU from inside and also private sector experience so expectations to ATU to actually deliver in a way that private sector would find it meaningful and relevant as well so that's a, you know that's a fascinating then you know your journey and uh, we earlier talked about you were you know leading in the national communications regulatory area and then you um, we're very much interested in the ITU and on the corporate strategy side. And then you went into um, working in private industry and uh, specifically, for example, as a group director of public policy at Vion, which is a multinational technology communications company. And then you come back again into corporate strategy, uh, a special advisor for a crisis on COVID-19 and partnership initiatives for the ITU or International Telecommunications Union. And then you get the invite to say, hey, would you put your name up to be Deputy Secretary General uh, elect? And you you uh, were nominated and, and won the election and you take office in January. Just just the fascinating sort of multi-sector um, spectrum that you bring into this um, IT organization, which is an amazing organization. Can, can you talk about what your vision is then working with your colleagues with an ITU for uh, 2023? You already talked about in the past, it was about 
things like you know digital inclusion or or we've talked about digital inclusion and cybersecurity and and um and uh, so, and the regulatory aspects also uh, standards and and uh, compression and video and so on ITU's won awards for that and um on the satellite side as well and, and so on and then in the mobile side but can you talk about you know some of the specific areas that you, you have the sort of early idea about it in 2023? I know you're going to start building it in 2023, yeah. but um, can you sh- uh, provide a vision of what that looks mm-hmm. like even today? So yeah, so you know, so some parts of course is coming from my campaign messaging, but now kind of we <laughs> in general implementing in the practice, and of course it is like a complex and even though it's rather small organization pretty complex in governance because we have five elected officials which kind of different with different portfolios and then you have to blend that together uh, to achieve results uh, but the thing from my perspective i kind of want if you put a few things on the table and in my campaign i was talking about them and now we'll go to implement so one is what they call partnerships for connectivity and what translating practices means like a really strong industry engagement and making sure that we have a strategic industry engagement and um, ITU, of course, is rather unique from your agencies that has always had some industry engagement. We have around 900 close now coming to close to 1,000 sector members, so-called, so it's usually private sector members, companies, uh, and so on. Um, and then we have we have industry partners engaged in different advocacy bodies like Broadband Commission. But we also kind of would like to kind of see more industry engagement on a strategic direction setting level. And uh, and actually helping ATU and member states understand where the world is going, how to be relevant, and really progress in those common goals from first to connect everyone and then making sure that connectivity is meaningful so that we build you know, digital services, digital uh, enablement, if you will, you know, for everyone around the world. But I think it starts with a kind of really ma- being meaningful and useful for the industry so that the industry contributes back uh, to achieving those goals. And, and we're already having discussion with some uh, with different industry players and industry associations to make sure that uh, that we understand each other and I, initial excitement I see it really shows there's a lot of potential for that. Then second topic for me is always the sustainability and and, and and make sure that we play a role in addressing the climate crisis. And again, YouTube does play the role there. You know, both in the kind of helping the industry to start, you know, to adapt, and then also helping to ensure the digital industry plays its role as such to kind of overcoming or like, you know, at least mitigating climate crisis. But I think here, I think we need to raise ambition, you know, and then different ways. And we need to kind of package the two offering into one clear, into one clear contribution uh, to this uh, global challenge. And I already, you know, speaking to all different IT colleagues who are involved in that, and I see really good potential, really good drive, also with external partners, Mm-hmm. We see that ability uh, to to kind of raise the ambition and to make sure that the use is most more present and more impactful on the sustainability agenda. The third priority for me was always this call operational stuff, and it's kind of it sounds sometimes boring, you know, like and you know, like because it's all about how you manage your finances, how you manage your human resources, how you manage your you know operations, how you manage IT, but actually, you know. You know, you and the ITU is a small part of UN, but you know, if you, we can do it in the ITU, I hope we can also f- create an example how to do across the board. I know that our colleagues in different other organizations are also working hard to make sure to bring this kind of upgraded UN 
And I think we kind of, we, we want to do our piece, you know, to make sure it's fast, efficient, responsive, really close to the members, you know, implements fast as, as you know, and, and accountable, but, you know, but, but still is able to deliver results in a really kind of efficient and fast way. And I think this is, like they say, traditional management challenge that, of course, if, you know, you, all your manager listeners will, will recognize, you know, and sometimes if you are kind of man, a senior management you need to roll up your sleeves and go deep, not only on the kind of what you were selling and to who, but also like your engine, you know, is so that is well oiled. And then the last thing is not a priority, but it's more like approach, which we kind of keep signaling. And it's very important for me in this current geopolitical environment to ensure that it you remains and keeps being the platform that is kind of for all and everyone comes it, to it and kind of is able to engage and discuss regardless of... Uh, all these tensions and, and you know not only tensions the wars you know that that, that we having you know around the world and then then you know and then we you know this 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 big uh, so these tensions don't result in a kind of breakdown in international system at least we can keep that system going you know and to ensure that we still kind of find you know I use a place to find common solutions to what they call common problems. And I think that's also when you talk, you know, we're talking about the industry and others. And I, I still hearing very loud and clear from industry. The industry still needs global markets, still wants a global engagement, you know, and still wants to kind of, you know, to the extent possible, you know, uh, play the, the play the global game. And the challenges we face from COVID, which is still with us, even though we now let's pay less attention to the climate crisis, they're all global problems, you know. And I think we as command, you can all resolve them together. So we'll have to relearn to work together, even though now it feels very hard. And I think ITU is, again, needs to play that small piece by keeping all our membership together and ensuring that communication is going uh, with the members. And, and that's not why it's not a priority, because it's more like about approach, how we, how we engage with the members, how we talk to them, how we bring them together. Thomas, so, you know, what I'm hearing then is, and I, I sort of go in reverse order, and you talked about, um, the ITU having this kind of convening facilitation capability and really being a, a neutral connector between your 193 member countries and then also this deep engagement with industry. And you have a long history over, you know, like uh, about 160 years of engaging in industry yeah. as well, right? So, and you have close to now a thousand industry uh, sector partners and and you're quite unique. So you're differentiated in that way, this long-term engagement. But you want to maintain that uh, engagement as a neutral facilitator. That's what I'm hearing. And, yeah. and you want to be efficient and you want to deliver value and you want to make sure you're responsive because really uh, industry in particular is really um, keyed on that execution, making sure that you're not just talking a particular area, but you're doing something about it. So and then I'm hearing that you want to also address, uh, you know, uh, the connectivity issues as 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 a, as a legacy. It's a continuing item. You have this partnership on connectivity. I saw some posts that it's like in the billions that are being committed. Yeah, uh, I think that's quite quite amazing if you can get that kind of uh, support and uh, you know all the other uh, programs. Well, climate, of course, but bringing this perspective that you can unite. Uh, these uh, five different sort of schools or business units within ITU and this common front on these uh, global challenges like uh, climate and uh, resilience would be uh, something that I think would be important to you as well. 
Uh, do you have an additional comments on that? For example, on the partnership of connectivity, is that billions? Mm -hmm. number, no, uh, so this is a partnership to partner to connect is actually the program that the future Secretary General Doreen Bogdan, you know, future my future boss or future boss again, you know, because I worked worked with her already a few times, had started as her uh, uh, in her tenure as a director of development for ITU, which is also like a position. I think this also shows that the right strategy and right action which you took, you know, can actually deliver the results and can bring engagement. And also we have, I think now, close to 30 billion worth of pledges, you know, so she, she just ran this event, I think last week where, you know, the first annual event of Martin to Connect. And uh, of course now it's, it's the time also to start doing follow-up and to make sure that those pledges translate in real action. So I think this is an example that you know, ITU, and I think that this example of initiative she started is an example that sometimes we forget that our biggest value is not just specific projects we implement. It's not only like specific things we do, but also the what they call attention we have and the kind of convening power we have. And I think once we kind of, as an ITU, work on the right, the right goals and the right vision, bring right partners around the table and the, and the convene them with a, with you know, in a compelling way, I think we can have these great results. And I think we need more of those in the future. You know, that's why when I talk about partnerships for connectivity in a kind of broader, broader sense, I think we kind of I would like to build on that, you know, and making sure that we definitely have different aspects of industry, you know, to, to of course working for the rain, you know, building that working, making sure that different aspects for connectivity are, are tackled, different industry kind of groups are engaged, and even some people who kind of in the past may not have known ITU that much, especially like investor community, you know, um, it's really there, you know, because investor community now is really discovering digital infrastructure as an asset class, you know, in a big big way in the last few years. But I think they haven't yet fully discovered ITU as a kind of play in that. So I think also connecting uh, connecting them and bringing them in, and making sure that they also kind of contribute to the longer term view being like a really kind of connectivity to make sure that it's, you know, additional structure is more available for everyone, be it um, um, sustainability to make sure that when we, we deliver on that, we deliver in the way that contributes to the solution to the climate crisis and, and don't, doesn't contribute to the problem. Uh, be it uh, like, a, you know, a contribution across the kind of all sustainable development goals. I think it's, it's very important. So really, important to for it to be that focal point for for convening everyone you know because i work uh, across uh, ceos and investors and uh, sovereign funds uh, i do see a common interest in this uh, this area of resilience but also on the infrastructure making sure that there's investment in the infrastructure so there's reliability and also an enhanced capability, sort of the smartness of all of that, and and to ensure that disruptions and risks are mitigated. So, uh, again, ITU could play such an important role in this area, as you mentioned, a convening, and you have such a long history of uh, working with uh, all the different sectors and, and bringing them together. Um, can you talk about, uh, you know, what your term is, and then do you plan to hopefully re-up once your term is over, or talk about how how this election process works? Uh, the audience may not be aware. Yeah. So you know, so first for election process, and also it's um, as I mentioned that you has a few elected officials, and they all elected directly. What does it mean elected directly? That means 193, at least in theory. You know, like it's a bit less few in practice because not everyone kind of comes to our plenipotentiary conferences, but 
you know, but um, uh, but it was a good attendance this time. So, you know, they, every country has a vote and every country decides to who they would vote for. So I'm very grateful to our member states that they gave me the mandate to be the next deputy secretary general. Uh, so, uh, and with a with a very very strong and clear mandate. So I also took it as a as a really confirmation that the messages I was sharing with member states and, and I mentioned some of the priorities there before they really resonate with member states. I also took it as a mandate that member states want renewal a little bit, you know, like building on the legacy of, as is rightly said, nearly 160 years. But at the same time, a little bit of upgrade. Like always say, like it has a pretty great hardware, but our software consistently needs to be upgraded. So I think uh, member states kind of also agreed with me on that. And also, I think also took it as a complex, you know, seeing that all other kind of elected official positions and, and the council elections and others. I also, you know, I'm really happy that member states kind of really selected a strong team to, to lead that organization. And, and it's really an honor uh, to be part of that team. So my mandate is four years, you know, working, as I said, in the role of deputy secretary general, which is in many ways a support of a secretary general. You know, the new one will be Doreen Bogdan. It's also like in many ways in chief operating officer role, but also someone who tries to kind of keep the whole organization working as one. You know, I really kind of want to do a good progress on this objective, so I said, you know, and seeing that at the end of that four-year mandate, we have organization that's much more fast, agile, and, uh, agile you know, resilient also as well, and kind of is able to deliver to the member states. It also really ramps up on on things like I mentioned, like, you know, really is relevant and engaging with industry, really delivers on sustainability agenda and still keeps the whole membership together and talking. And that's very important. Now, what will happen next, that's a kind of, for me, is a long term. You know, anything for me beyond two to three years is a long term. So my career has been developing pretty fast. So that's why I always like to look at my every stage as a project. So my next four years is a good project. I think when these next four years will be coming closer to that it will be a decision and uh, you know my decision whether i would think that i still have something to contribute you know like i need to kind of continue and there will be member states decision whether we think about that you know so but that's i think still too early to talk well thomas you know we've covered a lot of different areas we definitely have a a good sense of the itu and its history and its uh, legacy but it's its mandate for the future led by the uh, newly elected uh, team, the executive team uh, running uh, the ITU, this uh, very interesting and very unique uh, UN agency because you have this deep engagement with industry, but also with uh, countries as well. And you're used to working on combining all of that, convening all of that to um, produce standards and work on technology and, and um, being embraced or being utilized for the benefit of humanity and the benefit of Earth ecosystems. I have one closing uh, question, and that is, uh, uh, what are your recommendations to the audience? I mean, my recommendations, you know, so, so of course, as you said, your audience is very diverse, you know, so it's like, uh, it's, it's very important to, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think everyone will take what they want from this, but I think there's kind of a couple of like a key, key takeaways, you know, so I think that first of all, the world is not in an easy place, you know, and sometimes we get the kind of bit of a despondent, you know, and especially when we look from the global debate, you know, and we sometimes hear global leaders talk. It's not like very optimistic talk these days, you know. So I think not to get despondent, you know, not to kind of, you know, to keep the hope up and to keep the action up. And you know? I think that's because I think um, 
these uh, bad days or challenging days uh, will, will come to pass, you know. And so I think it's very important for us how we, whether we keep the current, whether we keep the right structures in place, whether we preserve what's good now, you know, to, to and whether we keep talking with each other, you know, whether we keep engaging so that when the better days come, we don't start from the scratch, you know, and we kind of are pre prepared and are ready. And I think the people who will, if you will, will win in the future, the people who will not like now, will just wait out the for the better days, but will actually put the ground now to strengthen themselves to become more resilient, but keep engagements, you know, keep the links uh, to different parts of the world and different stakeholders, you know. So then, um, when uh, the more openings will be there. You know they will be ready to 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 go up, you know, and do this. And then, of course, in that also, so that's kind of more like a thinking thing. And then, of course, that you know, digital is here for us to stay, and it's very important. And I think it's, but I think it's also our responsibility, and then, you know, and the kind of thing to kind of make sure that everyone is in the digital world. That's not also good for. It's also good from social side, but it's also good from economy. You know, like you know, it's bigger markets, bigger abilities to kind of engage, bigger talent pools. You know, bigger abilities to leverage. You know, more jobs for the people inside their own countries, you know, you know, regardless, you know, what level of development those countries are, you know, and so on. So I think really kind of bringing digital world for everyone, I think it, it makes for us all better. And then the last thing for, of course, you know, not forgetting that we, the, the crises and the challenges we face are common, including the biggest one of those is the climate crisis. So the only way we can tackle them if we have enough urgency, but to also try to, and in fact, that's my theme, work together on those. So I think, I think this is kind of my, you know, my my kind of parting thought. So you know, not being despondent in these very challenging times, but but keep getting ready for the future and preparing for the future. You know, investing in digital and then together really contributing to facing our challenges of today, including the climate crisis. You know, those are great uh, last uh, recommendations to our audience. And I should mention the ITU is an open platform in essence, an open community. So. If people have an interest in climate, they can say, hey, where can I participate in that conversation? Or exactly. if they're interested in resilience and some of the other aspects, they can say, where exactly. can I participate in some way? Exactly. So, um, again, Thomas, thank you for coming in and sharing so much of your background, but also your vision for uh, for the ITU and a really an outstanding uh, UN agency. Thank you again for coming in. Thank you very much, Stephen. Really a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.